Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unafraid COVID Edition. Uh, it's going to be COVID Edition for, uh, for, for a little while here, I think. And uh, I am still sick, unfortunately, but I am trying my best to bring you new content as often as my, uh, my poor lungs will allow me to. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm going to do my best today. I apologize for the for the sound of my voice. I, I know it's a little um, a little froggy, a little croaky. Uh, before we get going, I do want to thank the show's sponsor, who's Rebecca Jonesy, an author and a friend of mine, who's a huge ally to the queer community. She's the author of the Mabs Doll series, where the Fae know that everyone is unique and all love is valid. And she has many other great books too. Um, especially if you like the naughty stuff, uh, she she writes a lot of good steamy romance that uh, that will definitely uh, put some color in your cheeks. Um, so if you like that kind of stuff, definitely check out uh, Rebecca Jonesy. Um, let's see if there's any major news here. There haven't been any new um, insurrections that I know of, um, and nobody's invading anyone. Uh, we do have several new strains of uh, coronavirus out there, that, so uh, please, people, please, please, please be careful. Um, you know, even if you're you're thinking to yourself that it's not that big a deal to get infected, um, you know, I got infected at the end of October, even though I am fairly careful. I wear a mask everywhere I go, and uh, I'm still feeling the effects of it. You know, I'm, I'm still, you know, going in for breathing treatments and x-rays and CT scans, and uh, so it's, it's really no joke. So if you go out, please be safe, as uh, safe as you can. All right, well, today we have a new guest. Rachel, how are you today? I'm well. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well, and I was going to try your last name, but then I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know that I could pronounce it right anyway. <laughs> no one ever gets it right. It's always, they always, like, stumble over it and go, but, yeah, no one ever gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in... Rachel, I think you're you're here in Michigan as well, aren't you? Yes, yes, I'm on the uh, I'm in the metro Metro Detroit area. Okay, gotcha. And so for for those of you, if you if you want to hold your hand up with your thumb facing to the right, um, she's going to be kind of in there that meaty part just before the thumb. Whereas I'm way over on the other side underneath the pinky. Gosh, I, I love being able to do that. Just point to my hand or things. People make fun of us for it, but it really is great. Oh, the thing is, is like I did that to somebody in California, and they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I had no idea. So I held up my hand. I'm like, oh, I'm from here. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I guess this doesn't translate everywhere. <laughs> well, and apparently other other people don't... Um don't measure thing in term, things in terms of hours like we do either. Like, like I figure you're, what, two and a half to three hours away from me? About that, yeah. Oh, darn people who are measuring things in miles. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's just silly. So how are you this morning? I'm good. I am cold. I wish the wintertime was done, but unfortunately, that's part of the fun of living in Michigan is we get to experience <laughs> Four seasons, all sometimes within the same day. That's true. That's true. Do you do you guys have snow on the ground over there? We do. Um, yeah, we got a couple of inches, and it's bitterly cold outside. My dog does not want to go outside. And what, what kind of dog so, do you have? He's a little Chihuahua. Oh, 
little cutie. They hate the cold. They really do. Oh, yeah, he does. And he's just very, um, he doesn't like wearing clothes, like, you know, a sweater. I have a coat for him and he's, he wants nothing to do with it. He's just like, eh, no way. Uh-uh. <laughs> That sounds that sounds like our dachshund. We we have a Chihuahua as well, and and uh, we put her in all sorts of sweaters and stuff, and doesn't seem to bother her. But the dachshund, if you try to put something on the dachshund, she will just lose her mind. Oh yes. Oh well, I don't I don't blame them. I don't like being I don't like being out there in the in the cold either. And those poor things have to go out in the cold every time they have to go potty. That would be miserable. Oh yes, it's. He's very, very brief about it. He go, runs outside, does his thing, comes back in, 30 seconds and done. It's fine. <laughs> now, do you live in a, in a house out there or are you in an apartment? Uh, I live in an apartment complex. Okay. Okay. But they, they have a place for dogs? Um, well, they do have a dog park, but I just, I let him outside on his leash and I'll go out there, follow behind him with a little bag to pick up his waist. Aww. And it's funny. I always joke that the aliens are going to look down at us and go, oh, the little one is in charge because yeah. the taller one is picking up, picking up their excrement. <laughs> These are the ones that are actually in charge of this planet. <laughs> and then our cat overlords are just inside watching over all of us. <laughs> oh, goodness. my cat used to watch me clean out her litter box and, she always had this look of satisfaction on her face. <laughs> look of, yes, human, clean up my waist now. <laughs> uh, we have uh, we have four dogs and uh, two cats over here. We have a very, very full household. Uh, don't tell the uh, Park Township. Uh, don't tell Park Township. We're not supposed to. But um, it, it's funny is that the cats were kind of raised with the dogs, so... Everyone gets along pretty well, but you can still tell who's at the top of the food chain, and and it's always the cats. It's, it's like they're they're always just above, watching over everyone, making sure no one gets out of line, ready to spring down if they need to. It's it's a pretty mm -hmm. interesting environment over here. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I just first met you gosh what was it maybe a month or so ago wasn't it but not that um, long ago that, yeah that sounds about right one month two months oct october at this point october, who knows yeah yeah some sometime when it was cold um yeah and and that was that was a lot of fun uh, you know a support group for uh for uh, uh queer people around the around the area in west michigan here and that was that was a really good time. I got to meet a lot of wonderful people, and it was my first time being on a Zoom call like that with so many people. You know, I'm used to talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, um, and I thought that was a really kind of a, a cool experience and, and, a, and a good way to, to meet your, your peers around the area. I thought that was a lot, of, a lot of fun. Oh, yes, definitely, and they're all very good people, and yeah, it's you know, at, at first, admittedly, the Zoom meetings were a little bit off-putting when not too many people really know knew how to use Zoom. And like now everyone's kind of getting better about it. But every now and again, it's still hard for some people um, with just some of the um, kind of following the social cues of how to use Zoom. It's been kind of difficult for some, but 
I think we're all kind of getting better at it as we go, unfortunately. Yeah, well, and it's. I think that Zoom is Zoom is going to be the new way of things. Uh, you know, going going forward here, it's going to replace a lot of in person meetings, and I I don't I don't mind that. Um, I kind of I'm kind of liking um, some of the isolation, or not necessarily isolation, because we're not really isolated, but um, I like the distance. Um, I like I like people being encouraged not to be quite so close to me. Um, because I've always been uncomfortable with that. You know, if, if it's not my my family, I, I don't necessarily want strangers where I could feel their body heat. It's just, it's a weird feeling for me. I, I can understand that. And, you know, I I can yeah, totally get that. And I'm I'm more of a hugger with people I'm comfortable with. And, you know, I'm, you know, I can be very touchy-feely in the appropriate way with people that I know, that I'm friendly with, that I'm comfortable with. Uh, but yeah, I can totally understand where you're coming from on that for sure, especially with everything happening now. Well, yeah, and you know, we we have our our little our friend group is it's just you know four or five couples, um, and mm -hmm. every once in a while we'll get together and maybe play some games or have appetizers or you know have a couple of margaritas and we did we're we're old i mean, i'm i'm 40 years old so we we don't really party hard anymore that's that's not our uh, not our thing but you know i that's one thing that i i do miss is is you know just that every once in a while being able to hang out with with friends and you said you're a hugger and i i am totally a hugger as well um just not strangers no no strangers but uh but yeah you know i i do miss that i miss the the closeness of friends but but yeah otherwise you know when when i'm at the grocery store i'm like heck yeah the next person the the people in line aren't aren't bunched right up against me this is great oh yes yes definitely and i did want to say bite your tongue about being 40 i just turned 40 also <laughs> we are not old okay so but no i just mean about you know like once I turn like 38, I'm like, oh my God, I do not want to go out anymore. Like going out to a busy bar is just like, oh my gosh, I would rather go go have a tax audit done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just not my scene anymore. It's just like I just like nice, you know, small little intimate, you know, chill, you know, talking, you know, I don't need the pulsing nightclub and you know, all the electronic music or loud music for that matter. It's just like I just want chill. And yeah. quiet. Yeah, just, just nice and relaxed. And, and, and yeah. I mean, just like, you know, with music, I mean, put on some Jason Mraz and get us all in the mood to just kind of just chill. We're out at the beach. We're drinking out of a coconut, just chatting about our lives. Nothing bad well, going on. <laughs> beach drinks. Oh, I miss beach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of forty, and uh, I think it's funny that you're still telling yourself that you're you're not old yet at four forty. <laughs> um, and I say it because my 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 wife is uh, is forty three, and and I'm always giving her a hard time calling her a cougar and stuff like that, which uh, which has mixed uh, mixed feedback from her. So, <laughs> but, yeah, understandably uh, too. You know, looking on um, on social media, and really, social media is the only place I can go to see other people right now. Um, but it, it's also a, a great place to meet other uh, queer people and other other trans people. There's a huge, huge um, um, 
trans representation, I, I guess you would call it, I'm not sure the right word for that, on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, trans Twitter is very strong. Um, but when I look online and I, I meet people and I chat with people or comment or whatever I'm doing, and it just, it seems like there are so many people that are, you know, 20 years younger than me, um, you know, these young, beautiful people, and I, I'm so happy for them, but at the same time, I'm like, holy smokes, I'm, I am 40, and I'm, I'm just starting this, this journey of my own, you know, I, I just in the last, um, within the last month, um, started with uh, feminizing hormone therapy, and so I'm, I'm like, what, Am am I ever am I ever gonna be cute like that? You know, am I am I ever gonna feel like I'm I'm cute? You know, I'm, I'm and and so it it's it's kind of frustrating being a an an older queer at least you know just getting into it like I am. You know, if if I had come to this realization longer ago, I think maybe I'd have more time. But you know, as as another person who is definitely not old, um, how do you feel about that kind of thing? Um, you know, honestly, um, I knew I was transgender when I was in my teens, uh, but there just wasn't there at that particular point in the nineties, as I'm sure you can relate to, um, being transgender was kind of a punchline, unfortunately. And yep. there wasn't enough that was really known about it, like in a good scientific way. And, and it's that thing. I knew I was, I just didn't have the right words for it. And, you know, now, you know, I'm envious of quote unquote, the kids because, you know, they have all this information available to them and everything else. And it's like, I, I knew it, but I wasn't ready to admit it, nor was there any like information really out there to do any good research about. So, you know, I, I didn't come out until I was 37 and that was after a good couple of years of, you know, seeing therapists very quietly about it kind of discussing my feelings and kind of gathering information. And, you know, honestly, I don't think I could have done it, you know, in my twenties, you know, at least, you know, being the age I am now, you know, having grown up in the eighties and the nineties and everything else, um, I just didn't feel I was ready, but by the time, you know, I turned 37, I became more and more sure that, you know, this is who I am and I was ready to come out and face the consequences one way or the other, because there were some, I knew there was going to be something to go along with coming out, um, with, you know, losing relationships or potential, even potential job loss, unfortunately. And I needed the time to get really get myself ready and preparing myself for that journey. Well, and you're, you know, I completely relate to what you're saying about the, uh, the eighties and nineties, because, you know, you, you and I are the same generation, um, you know, and, uh, you know, when, and when I grew up and, and I didn't know, and I think that I, I'm sure I've mentioned this on, on the podcast at some point before, but, I didn't know I was was trans. I didn't know what was quote unquote wrong with me. But there was this, like a a, a really deep seated um, otherness or or queerness about me, and I really never understood what it was. 
so I tried my best to act normal. Um, in fact, if you, you know, if you saw pictures of me from when I was in my, my 20s and, or 30s even, um, you know, I'm, I've got a shaved head. I, I wore a lot of tank tops and spent a lot of time, you know, pumping iron on my upper body so I oh, yes. look really masculine. And I've got all sorts of hyper-masculine tattoos. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I wish... You know, we, we I think a lot of us will maybe wish that we could go back and, and do certain things differently. But, you know, it, it's like now it's like, OK, well, things things make a little bit more sense now. But mm -hmm. but still, what would I have done as, you know, a, as a, a young adult um, discovering this? It would have been I mean, it, it would have been earth shattering as, as it was for me just a couple of years ago. But um, I don't know that I would have pursued it. I think I would have been like. Oh shit, that's not good. Better tuck that down inside, um, because, like you said, it being trans. I mean, it it was a joke back then. It it was. It was. It was a bad thing. It was something you saw in Ace Ventura, um, and you know, it's 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 so different now. Thank God, but it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, being. Being midlife, I, how about midlife? Is is that a better way than saying old? Uh, it, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's it's not great. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as I'm just hitting hitting my stride, hitting my perfect age. <laughs> I, I like okay. it. <laughs> I'm well, total denial. I'm I am. 39 and 15 months. Okay. I'm in <laughs> Okay. We'll, we'll go with that. So it's we're the perfect age. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I, and so I wonder now what sort of, because um, you, well, you know what? I'm talking a lot about myself. I, and I'll, I'll circle back to that a little bit, a little bit later, I think, but because I want to find out a little bit more about you 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 said you came out at 37 and you had done a good amount of therapy beforehand which is super duper smart um what was your what was your life situation like around that time you know before you right before you came out uh well at at the time um i was living in west michigan and i was living with my then fiance and we had been together for, I think by the time I actually came out, uh, we had been together for about five or six years. And, and you know, things were working towards us getting married. And, and I'd been struggling with my gender identity for a long time. And I pursued it kind of back and forth with a little bit more vigor, I guess would be the right word, um, at different points in my life. Like, I really explored it more um, when I was when I just turned 30 uh, because I was just newly divorced and a lot of the feelings kind of came back and part of me was in kind of denial about that because I thought maybe it was just like a reaction to my divorce, which was devastating um, for a number of reasons. Um, but, you know, it was the thing where, you know, I had been very quietly, um, been going to a therapist and, you know, like, cause a lot of the feelings kind of came back because I thought if I would get into a relationship, it would kind of like 
the feelings would go away. And they kind of did, but I, you know, I still just very felt very uncomfortable in my, my gender identity. Um, and kind of like, kind of going back to that a little bit, my gender identity, uh, when I presented as male, I wasn't like, you know, overly masculine, like, you know, a lot of, uh, I want to make sure I use the right term. Um, a lot of, I guess, male presenting, male conforming, um, masculine conforming people would be. Um, I just wasn't very like, you know, you know, I didn't work out like to get the big muscles and I didn't wear the tank tops. And um, I, I was just very, just kind of as I was, I wasn't like overly, I didn't have like a lot of overly masculine quote unquote characteristics. So it was, and you know, and now that I'm out, been out for a couple of years, I'm still not very like overly masculine or overly feminine. I'm just kind of like very, just very neutral, just very, I do have a lot of feminine presenting characteristics about myself and gestures and everything else, but I'm just very, just very neutral, um, I guess the word would be. But anyway, so at that particular point in my life, when I when I decided to come out, it was about like a six month journey because uh, I w was with another therapist and discussing my feelings and my fiance and I were engaged and the call, not really the call, um, the feeling that I knew I had to come out was, was really pulling at me and I was getting depressed and I was overeating and I was drinking too much and it was, it was hard. And I knew that I had to come out to my fiance before we got married because I, I couldn't put them through that. Um, if we got married and they decided that they couldn't be with me, you know, after we were married, I, I couldn't put them through that. So I, came out in a letter and, you know, I, I gave it to them and, you know, they came home from, from something, I think might've been, might, might've came home from work and, you know, I gave them the letter and I said, here, I need you to read this. And they read it and they said, you know, I can't think about this right now. I need some time to process it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Go ahead and process it. And so they, they took off and came back a little while later and they were like, I love you, but I just can't be with you. And that was so devastating um, because, you know, obviously I had loved this individual and I thought that, you know, I was pretty sure it probably wasn't going to work, but I was really kind of hoping against hope that it would have, but, you know, so we broke up, but we you know, lived in the same house and we, we had a very amicable breakup. You know, we had, we had a home together and we sold it and, you know, things were very, were very peaceful and as much as they could be for all this upheaval in our life. And I really give my ex a lot of credit for that, you know, for being very, being very gentle with me. And also I was very gentle with them just, you know, to make this, make this very, as easy as we possibly could for each other and kind of moving on with our lives. Uh, but it was difficult. And there was a lot of things that I really planned, planned for and thought about, like planning ahead for, you know, coming out at work, what's that going to look like? And, you know, coming out to my friends and family and, you know, coming out to like my friends and family was really about the easiest 
Um, I have like, there's a few family, family members, you know, kind of distant relatives that aren't really all that accepting, but it's fine. I don't really have much of a relationship with them anyway. So it's kind of, it's kind of here nor there really. Um, uh, when I came out at work, that's actually another funny story. Um, I, I had waited um, when I came out and my ex, um, my fiance at the time, we broke up. Only one person at work actually knew the reason why. And she kept my secret for almost almost a full year before I actually came out at work. And my coworkers were wondering about me because, you know, if anything, I am very, I'm very stable. I'm very... I have, I'm very much rooted in pattern and routine and, you know, so like when my coworkers heard that my fiance and I broke up, they were wondering why. And I'm like, oh, and I kind of blew it off. I'm like, oh, you know, it's one of those things that didn't quite work out. And, and, you know, my one coworker, she, she really drug it out of me. You know, she's, you know, she wasn't buying the, oh, everything's fine, you know, line that I was giving. And I finally did tell her, she's like, okay, you know, and she kept my secret. But then like my, my coworkers were starting to notice the changes in me because things, things weren't quite adding up. Like I was growing out my hair and my body was kind of starting to change. Not so much to, because of the effects of being on, on the um, feminization cocktail of drugs um but like I was like I was like dieting working and like all of a sudden a lot of things about me and my personality kind of started to change and people were wondering why and it was so about the time I was going to come out to people at work um there was an announcement at our at our company that our division was shutting down and we were going to be out of a job so I thought after that point I'm, I'm going for broke I'm going to come out you know, now. And when I came out to my, my boss, um, he told me afterwards, after I came out to him, he was like, when you came into my office to tell me what's going on, he's like, you were so wobbly and mumbling. He's like, he's like, honestly, I thought you were dying or something. Like you had some sort of horrible disease. He's like, you were so nervous. (laughs) And, you know, he, he was very accepting. And he was like, you know, he communicated it upward in, into the company. It's a very large global company. And, you know, I, you know, we were all talking, you know, my boss and his boss and HR. And they're like, okay, you're driving this. How do you want to come out? And I said, I said, oh, I said, well, I have a vacation scheduled. Um, I am, what I want to do is I will come out while I'm away at vacation and when I come back, I will be presenting in my in my new. Um, I'll, I will be presenting authentically. And I said, you know, I'll come out on vac- on vacation. That way, it'll give people time to kind of get used to it and everything else. And then that way, you know, if you guys want to have like a meeting or anything, I'm not around. It might be easier for all y'all to talk. And and I was talking to my supervisor, and he's like, you waited until after our company announcement was made, um, you know, that, you know, our division was shutting down. He's like, why didn't you just wait till the end? And I said, you know, I could have, I said, but in our um, separation agreement with our company, um, 
part of the, we we would get like a severance package and everything else, but we had to remain on the job. And in our particular company, um, discrimination against people for gender identity or anything like that was prohibited behavior. So I, I was telling my boss, I said, well, I, if people were going to act horrible to me um, and I pursued it and it was like a legitimate um, issue with the company and they got let go, they would lose everything. They would lose their severance package and everything else. And for some of these people, it amounted to well over six figures. So I told my boss about that. I said, that would be a really hard discussion for people to have to go home and be like, oh yeah, I made a joke about a trans person I work with and I lost a hundred thousand dollars. My boss like, that's diabolical. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't think it's really diabolical. I think it's just kind of kind of using our situation to make sure people behave themselves. And <laughs> that is very diabolical. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing you as a as the little spider in the web just waiting. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. Almost like burns on, on the Simpsons, you know, putting my fingers together and going, excellent. <laughs> now, when I came out of work, it, it went really well. I mean, there was a few people outside of our company, but people that we did business with because of the nature of our business that were very uncomfortable with me, but it, it was fine. You know, the kind of the shock of it wore through very quickly. And, you know, and there was, there was some growing pains to go along with it. You know, like, you know, people kind of making nasty comments and everything else. And I just had to keep reminding myself, it's not about me. It's about them. It's about their bigotry, their misunderstanding, their whatever the case is. Um, and by and large, I can kind of let the comments and everything else just kind of roll off my back. And it's like, yeah, whatever. Oh, that's a... That's a, a great way of, of dealing with things, I, I think. And I, I think because we are at our uh, at our perfect time in life, we, we can look at things a little bit more objectively sometimes um, and let things roll off. Um, no, and, and, you know, all in all, I mean, for the, for the most part, com coming out was, was very successful to you, except for, you know, one, one very big thing. Uh, of course, with your fiance, yeah. and I'm and I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, you know, for for me, <laughs> I, I really I didn't intend to tell my mom or uh, my dad uh, or anybody else. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not brave enough to do that kind of stuff. I'm just going to uh, I'm going to do my my little podcast here, and I'm and I'm going to talk to other safe friends that that. Um, that I that I feel comfortable coming out to, and that I, I know will be affirming and understanding and and good, um, and that was going fine for me, um, and until I found out recently that uh, not only did my mom start listening to the podcast, but also my my dad, and uh, so I was like, oh okay, well I guess I am, I guess I'm out uh, with everybody now, and you know it, it's funny as my my dad, who I've never um, really had a, a close relationship with, um, you know, he and his uh, new wife have actually sent me a message that, you know, they've been listening to the podcast and that they they love me and they, they're proud of me. And, and that was such a damn good feeling. Um, 
Oh, it was amazing. And then actually just just a little while ago, it, it popped up when we started recording a message uh, from from my dad that uh, that uh, using the the name that I prefer, um, you know, using Jay, which I prefer over Jason, and and uh, and I and I really appreciated that a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. my, mo- my mom, on the other hand, is have a little bit of a, a struggle. Um, you know, she's she's a very very sweet person, but she she just doesn't understand. Um, what's going on and and that's okay and you know it it, it might take some time but uh, I am so fortunate that I'm so fortunate that my my wife still wants this relationship to be the the way it is wants wants it can, to continue and um, and I and I've actually told her a number of times because I am a fairly insecure person. Uh, so I so I worry myself into into a fit about things, but I I've told her I say look you know I this marriage is more important to me than me pursuing this journey on on my, my uh, with my gender identity and I know I know that it probably shouldn't be but it it is for me and so I, I've told her I said I I don't have to pursue this you know I can stop and I can. You know there there'll probably be some consequences, but you know I'll 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 be in therapy and I and I'll deal with it. And she said, No, you know I I want you to to be you and and the happiest you can be. And damn, am I am I lucky because I I've heard I've heard a lot of stories that that don't go that way, you know. And yours yeah. yours included. So it it really makes me really makes me feel blessed, you know. And yeah, that's the thing is like. It's... You know, and like I like when my ex and I, when we were still together and, you know, after you know coming out and everything else, you know, and we made the decision to uncouple, but we were still residing in the same household. We somehow successfully did that for like almost six months after. And but, you know, we were very, very civil with each other about it. And I remember kind of having a moment of backpedaling of saying, I can stop all of this if, you know, almost like saying, I will put this behind if we can still be together. And they were like, unfortunately, no, you know, I believe you when you say that you are struggling with your gender identity and I can't be with a woman. And that it felt very, when they said that to me, that felt very affirming. And but then also, and it was and and I think that they saw it was very um, because I'm very resistant to change. I really am, and I think they kind of saw that as like a little way of like kind of backpedaling, trying to put the genie back in the bottle. And unfortunately, it it had been it's it's done, and there's really nothing that could be done, you know, with that and. And it's, it's hard, you know, it, but it's just relationships are difficult. And, you know, they said with me that, you know, they fell in love with me for, you know, for everything that I am, you know, in, you know, inside and out, but also, unfortunately, there is that that kind of that fixation on the outside. And, and I can understand that for sure. And, to be honest, to be with a transgender person isn't for everybody. It's hard because there's a lot, 
there, there's a lot of kind of struggles that kind of go along with it, depending on where you are in the process of transitioning. It can be very, very difficult. And, you know, especially for the person that's going through it, it's very difficult. And, you know, kind of navigating the social aspects and everything else can be difficult. So, but definitely hats off to your spouse for wanting, wanting to kind of, you know, keep everything just as it is and being very supportive of you. That's so awesome. Yeah, she's she really is amazing. She's my she she's my favorite person in the world. Um, she, she is, and uh, and my kids have have all been amazing. Um, you know, the, we're we're a big we're a big old queer family over here, so we've all got a little bit of uh, queerness going on. So it it I think it I don't know. It's just it's it's good to be in a place where you feel accepted and loved but also like you're you're with your people kind of thing you know like if when when i'm when i'm on this show and talking to people um and i and i said this recently in in a in a interview somebody interviewed me um and it's it's not like other podcasts that i've done or other talk shows that i've been on i've been on many 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 um it it's there's a, a special kind of magic that comes along with with talking to other queer people because I feel like, you know, even if you're, if you you don't need to be trans or or uh, NB or you know gay or lesbian or or whatever, you know, it's it's the fact that you're you're with someone that that knows what it's like to be just that that little bit of that little bit of different that little bit of otherness that that you felt, and that goes away when when you're talking to people like you and it's just. Oh, it's it's such a it's such a cool thing, and you know whenever it, you know it's it's just the it's just the best, you know. I um and and my therapist who who you know um is oh, yeah. is, is absolutely incredible. Um, even though she is not a queer person, she's told me, but she works with many queer people, and I feel that same kind of feeling with her, and I think it's just that that deep understanding. Um, and it just kind of, it makes, it makes you feel like you're home. Um, yeah. and God, you, you really can't, you can't replace that feeling with anything, no matter how hard you try. Oh yeah. I totally understand that. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's hard, you know, and trying to, trying to get connections. Like when I was like first kind of just rediscovering myself, um, I met a lot of, you know, really wonderful people on Twitter and because I set up a profile for myself and, you know, I got to know, you know, just an amazing number of people in, of different age ranges, older than me, young, younger than me, my exact same age. And, you know, get, getting to, you know, know these people, hearing about their stories. And it's like, it was very affirming because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been through that and that and feeling these feelings. And, and it's like, yeah, this is very, yeah. I, this is exactly what I've been going through. And, you know, it was like in the coming out process, like when I came out to my parents, my mom thought I was coming out as, as being gay. And I'm like, well, no, let I'm like, we'll, we'll put that on the back burner for yeah, right d- now. Depends on how you think about things. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, actual sexual attractions different than this. And, and that's, and that's really hard for people for, you know, you know, you know, straight cisgender people to understand is that it's like, well, you know, that gender identity is not always 
gender identity isn't the same thing as sexual attraction and everything else. And because most people have never thought about it. You know, your average person has never, probably never, um, you know, had any doubt that they were born this way or that way or the other way. It, the mm -hmm. thought never enters their mind. But for yeah, for well, those, yeah, those of so us, <laughs> they, they, they don't spend any time thinking about it because they right. don't have to. You know, it's not a, a part of their life. Um, but, you know, just like me. Okay, so, yes, I'm I'm trans. No, I'm not gay, but I'm I'm not gay as a man. Uh, but if you think about the fact that I'm trans and I I am attracted to women, then yes, I I am gay. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. it's it's layers that I think it's tough for people to, to to get around. And the thing I always have trouble with is like, you know, I don't think that like a lot of my family or even some of my friends knew that I'm bisexual. And, and maybe, and I always kind of get confused with the terminology of like, say, bisexual versus pansexual. And I don't want to denigrate any of like the appropriate terms. It's just like, at least I can say for myself, for my age, it's like when you're attracted to both genders, it's, yeah, it's that. And, and I'm not saying that's what I think is only that, but you know, just in my experience. And it was like, and that was hard for some people to accept. They're like, really? You know, we never would have thought you before would have. And I'm like, I'm like, there's a lot of things you all didn't know about me or things that I felt or things that I was thinking because I kept them all very, very tied up in a nice, neat little box. Like what I always like to liken to um, who I was, quote unquote, pretending to be before Um it was a role, uh, very much like an actor. I was playing a role. I was playing a character that I put together. And part of it was like well, kind of who people thought I should be. And and it carried through for everything. Like, you know, the way I dressed and the way I conducted myself. I was playing a role as a character. And and I did so quite success, successfully for almost 20 years <laughs> as an um, but... And I, I like thinking of it that way too, as 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 a role. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I have a, you know, a, not really a friend, an, an acquaintance on Twitter, and he is a trans trans mask, but has a very 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 feminine look that he actually cultivates, and so I've messaged him about it several times. Um, just to kind of get the scoop, and he said it's it's like a game. It it really it's like acting, um, to see, you know, what he can convince people of because the the femme look is this very beautiful femme look, but that's not who he is at all. And I'm like, wow, wow, that's <laughs> that's crazy. It really is. <laughs> yes, you know, it's and it's so interesting just the way, you know different people actually like you know you know the presentation versus who they are and some people are very you know they are very bold in their looks and it's the thing about me is i make the joke as i often do that the only thing that's ever that's really changed about me since transitioning other than well being happier and more secure in myself and everything else 
is I just moved from one, one side of shopping at the Gap to the other side. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, you know what? That reminds me of something sad, too. We just lost our Gap outlet here in Holland. Oh, we we have no gap now, but no, I I think that's 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 fun. Um, and I'm I'm not there yet. I I have tried, I've tried looking in the women's section at, section at things, and it and it just doesn't it isn't right yet. So I, I continue just I continue to dress by and large the same. Although I have been trying to because I'll buy you know kind of a, a long sleeve plaid shirt or a flannel or whatever it is. And, and I kind of gravitate towards the more pinks and, and reds and purpley type colors. Um, and, and I think that my feeling is that, okay, if I, if I can't present as feminine, I don't want to present as this ultra masculine. You know, I, I just, I'll, I'll, I'll go for the, the more NB, the, the non-binary kind of look because that's how I'm identifying now is, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, you know, they, them and, um, you know, gender queer or, or non-binary, however you want to look at it. But, you know, I'm, I'm in flux, you know, I'm, I'm still, I, I'm, I'm still working towards where I'm going to go. And I, and I think that's, I think that that's okay. Um, that's absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I notice like a lot of retailers are kind of moving towards that model. Of which I'm thankful for. <laughs> being less gender specific. Because um, I know there's one retailer, I won't give their name because I'm not doing a commercial for them. If they want to pay me, I will. But <laughs> you, I mean, this is your podcast. I feel like I'm taking it over here. Um, but like, yeah, one of them has, one of the retailers that I know of, they have like on their website, they have blended, which is, you know, a mix of the quote unquote, you know, masculine and feminine clothing all kind of mixed together and it's like Ooh. okay great that's awesome well that does sound awesome i'm, I'm gonna have to well i'm gonna have to get you to tell me the name of that once once we're off the air i guess because that would be that would be fun um i'm hoping it's macy's because i, I like uh, the, the fancy stuff macy's has <laughs> this feels like an ad for macy's but no it, <laughs> it's not, but i i do like macy's they they have, they have a lot of really nice clothes, and I've bought, I've purchased things from them too. But again, not commercial. <laughs> no, no, not a commercial. But what I like about them is in there, because I, I really, okay. If if I said Panic at the Disco, do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the lead singer not Brendan Brendan Yuri, um, who has, in, and I don't know if any of it's true, but I guess there's he's he's kind of come into some heavy uh um i don't know it, it's it's been said that he may have have said some racially insensitive things um and i don't know if it's true or not so i know people are are kind of dogging on him a little bit so i don't know if that's true but i i love i love the look that he always has when he goes on stage where it's just this vi vibrant and flamboyant and the reason, the reason i like macy's is they have that vibrant flamboyant stuff that i'll that i'll wear once in a while for fun um, but yes, again, not an ad for bases, everybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I, they want they want to put a couple shekels in your pocket, then you'll uh, gladly do some reads boy, for Macy. I would, I would happily uh, take some Macy's money. I, I would gladly take that. Uh, I, I have a question, but and this is it, it may sound like a silly question, but um, 
you're someone who who has actually really lost something during transition. Um, looking looking back now where you are because you're you're three years from from that now it sounds like do you think that you would have done it any differently or do you think that no i'm i'm going to be my authentic self and and if there are sacrifices that have to be made they have to be made honestly the only thing that i wish i would have done differently is i wish i would have done it sooner and I know that's hard to say because it's like, you know, you're not ready until you're ready. But, you know, because I, you know, I had proposed to my fiance and everything was like going towards that track. And it's like, if I would have done it sooner, um, you know, before we had really committed a lot of our life together and with each other, I think, I think that some things would would be easier about it i think and you know and, and i've really worked through the grief aspect of you know mourning that relationship because it's hard you know um because that was like the first person that i really felt connected to after my divorce which was hard and you know to walk away from that like i did even though it was absolutely for the best because you know, it just wouldn't work out like the way I wanted it to. Um, yeah, I wish I would have done it sooner, but I wasn't ready before I was ready. So it's it's always easy to kind of like look in the back and go, OK, well, I could have done this. I could have done this. It's like, OK, yes, I could have. But here we are. And this is where I am now. So but. Yeah, like going back to what we talked about earlier. Yes, I'm really envious of like, you know, the young 20-somethings, you know, that are able to kind of get all this information and figure all this out earlier. Because well, I, think... I... Go ahead. And it's like, you know, and it's hard. You know, it's kind of hard because it's like, you know, I've been in my career for a long time and... People knew me, which I do have a funny story about that, by the way, um, you know, in my career and everything else, you know, and I do have like a reputation, not like, not like a bad reputation, but, you know, people, you know, knew me in different, different aspects of my business of what I've, what I've done for the last, you know, 20 years. I'm not going to say exactly how many, but um, so it's. I dealt with a lot of like worry about that. Like, what? Okay, if I have to start over doing something completely different, something co completely new, what's that going to look like? And oh, it was so that story I was just referencing. Um, um, in my business, um, I'm I'm in uh, an aspect of sales, and I have to meet with certain retailers, you know, that are on my account list. And I was at a retailer that. I used to work for previously, like a long time ago. And when they saw the paperwork from my, my particular company, it has my name on it, my contact information. And they saw my last name and they're like, they're like, I recognize you. You're, you're so-and-so's spouse, aren't you? And I'm like, uh, no, not exactly. <laughs> like at, at one particular account, they thought I was my, 
my first ex. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, oh, no, no. And it's like, it's that moment of, do I tell them? Does it matter? And it's like, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's a pretty common last name. It's not, not around here, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have one, one more question for you um, be, before we call it a day. Um, is one thing that I've I've struggled with um, my whole life, and and I and I told you earlier that I'm a very insecure person, but uh, is is that feeling of self worth and self esteem, um, and and so I wanted to ask you now, you know, three years into your into transitioning here, um, how do you feel like your your sense of self esteem or self worth has changed? Um, you know, some days like everybody, I struggle with, you know, different aspects of myself because it's like, I look at myself in the mirror and it's like, like, oh, I've put on a little weight or my hair is not exactly the way I want it to be or da, 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 da. And, you know, and that's really common. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, when I was first transitioning, it was hard for me to do certain things and kind of get over the firsts of a lot of different things like, you know, going out in public and going to the store and doing all these different things. And it's like repetition, everything else just comes easier, you know, as you keep doing it. Like the first time I went to use um, the correct gender bathroom for my presentation, I was nervous. And it was very hard. Thankfully, I had a friend there who, you know, accompanied me to the restroom and it was fine. And I, but I was just like, I was so panicked because I'm like, oh my goodness, even in an area that had, you know, uh, gender equality and everything else, and it was a very accepting area, I was still very panicked. Um, you know, and honestly, because I feel like I'm not hiding anymore. I'm not like afraid of like people getting like the wrong idea about me or finding out something about me, you know, you know, ever since coming out, I am completely open, you know, everything there is to know about me, people know. And, and that's really a very liberating feeling because like before I came out, like, you know, I would like purchase like my clothes and everything else for my my preferred gender presentation. And I was always afraid of like my ex finding them and going, you know, who, whose clothes are these and having to kind of come out before I was really ready to, or, you know, so, you know, now that like everything about me is out, it's like, I don't even have to worry about anything anymore. <laughs> and really that's like, that's a level of freedom that, that it just can't be quantified. Oh, that's amazing. That's that's really awesome. And and I'm I do have a quote that oh, kind yeah. of like, go for it. I kind of remember, and this is going to sound really silly, um, but I love the TV show Modern Family. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Oh yeah, I love that show. One of my favorite characters, Phil, on the show. It's like that's. That's kind of my ideal man. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, one episode, he said something that was very, very profound. And of course, you know, 
come from coming from the writers, of course, or maybe he's he thought of this. Who knows? But anyway, the quote goes: "Once I stopped caring what other people thought of me and started doing what I wanted to do, is the moment I finally felt free." Yeah, and that's, that's really... something. That's something that I remember, even though it kind of comes from a. It comes from a sitcom. It's yeah, but it's like just that quote is just very profound. And it's something that I kind of remind myself of in addition to a number of inspiring quotes and things to kind of help me along the way and just kind of keep myself going. It's like, yeah, that, that one really spoke to me. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really good. I, I like that. And I, I'm, I think I, I might have actually even heard that on the, on the show before. Um, used to watch it all the, all the time with my wife but yeah that's uh that's a good one and that's a good one for for all of us to remember um you know especially when when things are, are challenging for us so uh well rachel thank you so much for coming on the show to chat with me today it was wonderful to have you yeah, been, a, been a pleasure absolutely really glad we did this uh last last interview i had scheduled with with rachel i i had, had gotten uh, pretty ill and and uh couldn't do the the interview so i'm, I'm glad we were able to make this happen uh, i want to give another shout out to um rebecca jonesy the show's sponsor who is the author of the mabs doll series rebecca thank you so much for making it so that i can keep this show on the air uh and to all of you out there who are listening i really appreciate you Thank you for being there. You're the whole reason I'm doing this. Um, and until next time, stay safe and stay strong. <laughs>